lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and welcome to 2023, lovelies. Yes, it is a new year. We are back from our little end-of-year break there, post-QWI 200, post-QWI awards, a much-needed week off for myself, (laughs) especially with um, the holidays occurring and the travel associated with that and all that good stuff but no it was a good holiday i'm glad to be back in the chair be glad to be back on the mic here with all of you to kick off 2023 in the way that we always do um here in january it's journo january once again y'all um i've really enjoyed uh, the past two years of, of doing this theme month uh, series where we sit down with other queer members of the wrestling media landscape so to speak um really heartfelt conversations some really deep insights into not just wrestling media but digital media in general and just all around fun conversations i feel like are really what has come out of this series and i have a feeling that this year's is going to be meeting all of those check marks at least based off of our first entry here today because we are welcoming on Haley Ann. Um, you know her from her Substack, The Wrestling Muse, uh, as well as Fightful Overbooked, uh, the YouTube channel there where she co-hosts uh, Tag Talk every week um, and, and does some writing here and there. I know she's written for Body Slam in the past as well. Um, but yeah, it was a great chance to kind of sit down and, and chat with her about her experiences uh, now that she's kind of a bit more entrenched in wrestling media coming from the entertainment uh, journalism or entertainment writing world uh, and jumping into that over the last year plus. And I don't know, it was a really fun conversation to have with, with Haley and uh, kind of get into her experiences and, and what she loves about doing this work as well. Because while it is work, it definitely is, um, you have to have a lot of love to really stay committed to staying in the wrestling media um, uh, scope, let's so to speak. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a trying place to exist. But all that aside, fun conversation we're going to get to here in just a minute. But uh, I do want to update all of you. Yes, we are still doing our Wrestle Kingdom 17 recap, our annual conversation with one Rachel Giuliani. That'll be coming out tomorrow on the podcast feed. So you'll get all the thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom 17 and the fucking wildness that that show was um, tomorrow. Uh, But, uh, you know, while Wrestle Kingdom 17 definitely dominated the, the, the conversation, this week for pro wrestling, I do have to give a quick shout out to Max the Impaler and Heidi Howitzer, the Wasteland War Party, heading over to Tokyo Joshi Pro, winning the Princess Tag Team Championships. Max licking that belt, Heidi showing off her, her new belt as well. Um, you love to see it. You love to see history being made over in Tokyo Joshi Pro with Max the Impaler and Heidi Howitzer, two out competitors holding a uh, major Japanese title there uh, in a, one of my favorite Joshi promotions going right now. Um, yeah, I just it's just amazing to see. Um, you know, 
Max continues to break down barriers with their work at Tokyo Joshi Pro and bringing Heidi along for the ride this time around was just the perfect accent to that continued thrashing of of gender in the ring there. So many shout outs to Wasteland War Party. I don't know how long the rain will be, but I surely hope that the rain will be uh, one of devastation over there. It, that's the only way it can be with those two, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I think with that, we'll just hop into my interview here with, with Haley Ann. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very pleased to kick off this year's Journal January with someone who has been killing it in multiple areas of the wrestling media over the last year plus. Uh, we have one half of the team from Fightful Overbooks Tag Talk. Uh, you've also seen her work at Body Slam, as well as her own Substack, The Wrestling Muse, which is, uh, has some, a nice little collection of features there that I'm sure is going to keep expanding over time. Please welcome to the show, Haley Ann. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. I think we're both on the post Wrestle Kingdom hangover right now. Oh yeah. Um, to date the recording of this episode, but <laughs> but no, like I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing good. We're both awake, and that's all that matters. Oh yeah, we chose the perfect day to film this. You know it, God. <laughs> it's okay though. Like like any good people in like the media sphere, we push through. You know, that's like the, I, I don't know, maybe that's the 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 rallying cry, so to speak. I don't know. Fuck you it. know, you heard the battle cry, you know? <laughs> God damn it. I, now I'm just have Kenny Omega's AEW theme running in my head now because of <laughs> this bullshit. It's, it's all right. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'm not, I like that song. I'm going to put it on my brain and put fucking Wyoming Angel back in because dear Jesus. <laughs> capital in nerd stuff from kenny omega last night it was amazing oh, it was but so great. oh god so good um okay but what wrestle kingdom talk aside <laughs> um i am very happy to have you on the show though because like i really enjoy what you, what you and kylie have been doing with tag talk like i got turned on to to the show earlier in the year um i want to say like, maybe like a few months ago and, you know, it's very interesting discussions that you'll have on the show as well. And I really like learning about other people in the media space here, especially people from our community, because, you know, just like we've seen this boom in LGBTQ representation in the ring and in the background of promoting and, and telling stories in pro wrestling, we've also seen an uptick in the members of our community within the media sphere covering pro wrestling as well and i think it's equally important to highlight that because as much as social media and people in the business might like to deride <laughs> the work that we do at times um it's still a vital part of of um i think the presence of this this art form the sport however you want to define it in a way so i'm very i'm very excited to sit down and chat with you because i feel like you, it's it's not been a long journey, so to speak, for you to this point, but it's definitely been an eventful one. Like I don't know of many people that like make the jump to to fightful overbooked within their first year. Also, it's shout not- out for the Olipop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have yep. the punch. Yep. 
not sponsored by Olipop. Not um, at all. No, but yo, but, get in the DMs if you want it. Please. Um, but yeah, it's it's been quite the year. It's definitely not something that I expected to be doing. Uh, you know, I'm more on the writing side of things, but when the opportunity came up to work with Fightful and Fightful Overbooked uh, last January, it's been it's been a year now. Um, I was only, I think, a month into like wrestling media. Um, so I just, you know, I was like, I can't pass up this opportunity. Fightful is something that I've wanted uh, to do and I've wanted to work with them for a really long time. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like i said it's it's awesome to see how how quickly that has happened for you mm-hmm. especially considering like the some of the journeys that other people have taken within oh, yeah. the the media world here but we'll talk more about fightful in, in just a minute and some of that journey for yourself i want to go back to your love of pro wrestling to start mm-hmm. off with like i feel like it's always apt to start at the beginning for these things so Haley. When did pro wrestling first kind of sink its teeth into you? So my dad, uh, when I was younger, I feel like everybody has like that story, like somebody in their family turned them on to wrestling. Um, But my dad was super big into WWE. And he would watch uh, Ron Smackdown all the time. It was always on TV. And I would like watch it here and there. I was like five or six. So, you know, like when you're a kid, you don't really, you know, pay mind to stuff like that. But I remember being so into like early John Cena. Like I was obsessed with John Cena. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Uh, but I just remember watching him on TV and being so captivated by him and uh, the Hardys. They're my, they are my favorite tag team of all time. Um, and I don't know, just watching them on TV all the time. That's kind of when I started uh, kind of developing a love for pro wrestling. And then I kind of fell out with it as I got older um and then when I got to high school or like middle school high school like that transitional period uh I got back into it because of total divas um and I feel like a lot of people say that like that's kind of the bridge uh for a lot of women especially uh but I started watching total divas and I was like man I should get back into wrestling so uh yeah, I started watching it religiously. It's been like 10 years now and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious to talk more about this Total Divas thing. We've talked about this on the show because we've had like, whether it be, you know, wrestlers or, or other people that, that I've spoken to on the show that have pointed to Total Divas as either like a re-entry point for them or a first entry point for, for them, um, as well as just the overall like cultural impact that show had in terms of bringing people into the world of pro wrestling like were you a big like reality tv person at the time like or was it just like oh this is somehow tied into this thing that i used to enjoy or that i that i took a break from and maybe like like maybe subconsciously like maybe this will be a stepping stone maybe i just want to check in on what the scene is doing a little bit through this like what what drew you to 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 total divas yeah, so I, I was a pretty big reality uh, fan. I was obsessed with the Kardashians at the time. I don't know why, but I didn't <laughs> We all have a phase, Haley. It's okay. <laughs> we do. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with keeping up with the Kardashians. And I remember they used to run um, like commercials and stuff to promote Total Divas. And uh, then I remember going on YouTube when I started getting back into wrestling and I would watch like 
Hardy videos and stuff like in my math class, like <laughs> totally not appropriate. Um, but then I remember getting like Total Divas videos suggested to me and I started watching them and I was like, man, like I, I should watch this. Like I need to get like super back into wrestling and I did. <laughs> no, it's just, it's interesting to hear like how many, and not necessarily just like just to like hyper-focus on like one segment yeah. of, a, of a community for, for a long period of time here, but like, it's very interesting, like how many people I talked to from within our community that did have that as like an inflection point for them getting back into it whether it be because of um well queers love a good catty reality show i mean that's just a given but also like there's been you know talking to so many people about like that era of wwe and that era of like the women's division specifically the the, the divas era so to speak like so many queer people that I've spoken to point to that era as like the point where they felt like they had someone that they could see themselves within in a lot of ways you know going back even to like the mid-2000s in a way so it's very interesting to to see how that show connected with so many people and then went on to honestly kind of embrace that part of the community of the of the audience in a way because you had Sonia being on that show going to Miami pride and giving us that wonderful, wonderful meme. Um, <laughs> not, and also, you know, Soraya on, on the show talking openly about being bisexual and like really the first time that I think there's been any authentic or genuine conversation around that on WWE television to that point. Um, at what point did you, were you kind of recognizing your own queerness and did that kind of interact with this total divas fanship in any way Ooh, so <laughs> i feel like wrestling is kind of like a gateway for gay people Yo. <laughs> i i remember being younger and just like you know like you always have like crushes on people are like oh like they're cute like they're pretty whatever but i remember being so like fascinated with trish stratus um so i think she was like my bi awakening to be honest with you <laughs> I was like six um but then when uh total divas had come around I was like just kind of discovering myself and like um you know I at the time I was like 14 15 years old and I kind of was like feeling like maybe you know I want to explore my sexuality a little bit I, I don't necessarily think that <laughs> I'm straight um but I think that Total Divas had a lot to do with that, too. I, I, I don't know why, but there's just something about, like, pretty women, you know? It's just, it's great. In reality, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can understand it, like, especially at, like, such a formative age like that, yeah. where you are kind of coming into your, like, trying to figure out your own, like, self-identity in that way, like, those experiences can be very formative. Like, I, I've, I've told this story i think so many times on this podcast that people that listen regularly will just tell me to shut up but like for me that point was for me was gold dust dating myself a little bit because like you know i was like 10 11 and i see like gold dust is like really the first thing i ever see in pro wrestling mm -hmm. and immediately i'm like oh okay i have something it's problematic as fuck but <laughs> <laughs> i see something that i can kind of latch this like internal feeling onto in a way that 
while not the most healthy depiction of it, um, it gives me a depiction of it in in a way that I haven't in an area of media that I haven't seen in like ever for the most part. And honestly, like yes, it was still in line with how queerness, especially gay men, were interpreted at yeah. the time through a lot of of lenses within media, but. It also like let me see the, the queer dude beat the fuck out of people, oh, and yeah. that was sick. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like there's just there's so many misconceptions about queer people in the community in general, and it's so rare that you see kind of like that toughness portrayed. Like it's always kind of like that, like for lack of a better term, like like f- the feminization of it in a bad way you know what I mean yeah and so I feel like there are like rare cases where that's kind of embraced for the better um and I feel like we're seeing that more and more these days especially and that's really nice to see no it definitely is it definitely is so you end up latching back on to Total Divas that gives you the 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 door back into pro wrestling so to speak um at what point do you start exploring like maybe I want to be a part of this in some way? Ooh, so it was around that time. Well, actually, it was when Renee uh, Paquette was doing like backstage stuff. Because mm-hmm. uh, at the time, I wanted to be like uh, a backstage interviewer or like something like that. Um, and so just seeing her on TV, seeing a woman in that position which we don't see a lot in sports, um, even or at the time we didn't. Uh, seeing her in that position made me believe that, you know, I can do this. Like, this is something that I can achieve. Like, I can go on to college and, you know, make this dream happen. And I feel like for a lot of people in wrestling media, like, they um, kind of, like, it started with Renee, you know? Hmm. I can see that. I mean, did you have any aspir- like? Were you thinking about like going into media in general before before that at all? Like, what what were you? Were, did you have any like career goals in mind for getting into media outside of outside of pro wrestling before you kind of like latched back onto this this thing? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I wanted to originally be an entertainment journalist and that's actually what I do like as my shoot job um so like wrestling is kind of like my side thing right now um but at the time I wanted to do something in entertainment for sure um and I wanted to be a writer like I've never really strayed from wanting that um there was a period of time where I thought that I could do both (laughs) where I thought I could be like an interviewer and do writing and like that's great and all but that's so much work and I just don't have the mental (laughs) capacity to do more than one thing at a time with my ADHD (laughs) I can understand that (laughs) but I I mean I you know send love to everybody that does commentary and backstage interviewing and stuff that's such a hard job and even like both there are a lot of people in the wrestling space um too that kind of 
have that balance. Um, I don't, but you know, I'm sending love <laughs> to everybody that does. <laughs> I mean, it's important to kind of find your comfort zone within within yeah. a career, so to speak. You know, like because their skills can be learned, but. <laughs> At the same time, it, it also boils down to like what your comfort level is with certain skills, what the load that you can carry for yourself, like based off of, you know, whatever is going on with you, what you are personally dealing with. Like, you know, like I've, I've struggled with that in the past. And like you mentioned, like wrestling being like your side thing. Like, I feel like anybody in the digital media space right now has like multiple jobs at multiple websites because that's just the sorry state of digital media at this point. Um, but but no, like it can it can definitely get to a point where that can be overwhelming and having the mindset of, to be able to recognize that, I think, is a very valuable thing. Uh, I agree. I actually I like that you brought that up because I I want to say it was like a year or so ago. Actually, yeah, it was a year ago because I got into this a year ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was working for the, the job that I still have, Nerds and Beyond. And I'm a writer, writer and editor over there. And it was just coming to a point where I started like overworking myself and I could feel myself getting burnt out. And, you know, you never want to completely burn yourself out. That's it's so dangerous. And, you know, it takes a long time to come back from that. Uh, but I was finding myself uh, in that loop and I was just like, I need something different. Like I need to do something else. Like this is fun but I just can't do it anymore. And then I was like, well, I like wrestling. So what if I like combine that with writing and like see where that goes? And luckily like nerds, my boss at nerds or my bosses, they're so accepting of everything that I want to do. Uh, and they love the idea of like bringing wrestling to the platform. And now a year later, I'm still covering wrestling for them. Um, so it's been great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like I, I feel like, especially for a site like Nerds of Beyond, like, let's face it, wrestling is nerdy as fuck. Like, oh, yeah. it fits the motif so well. And, and it's been interesting to see a lot of websites that had more of that entertainment kind of cone focus in a way start to bring in wrestling coverage over the last few years. Like, you know, I think the one place that's been really interesting for me to watch is like comicbook.com getting so into the pro wrestling stuff. And it's just like, I never thought I would see that or like, you know, multiple comic websites. I can't, the name is not comedy media right now, but there's another. Yeah. CBR. That's the one. That's the one that I, I, my brain is mush. But, um, but yeah, it's just been really interesting to see like all these other areas of, of entertainment coverage kind of look at pro wrestling as an area that they can expand into in a way. And granted, it's, it is mostly like the mainstream stuff. It is like WWE and AEW for the most part, but it's a start, you know, and, and it, it works for, I think the, the purview of what those websites want to do. It's very broad coverage in a way, but like, just like Total Divas was for you, like it's a stepping stone to maybe getting some more intriguing in like in depth stuff going on at those sites too. I don't know. No, I agree. And I've noticed it's really hard. It's super hard when you're a site like that and you don't have like a sports audience or like that audience behind the website. So you have to build from scratch. So it was, it was really hard at first to kind of 
get that audience over. So like you said, like a lot of websites will use WWE and AEW to kind of uh, get that audience and then, you know, you branch out. And so that's kind of what I was doing at first. Um, and, you know, I've expanded since then. But it was it was really tough. <laughs> and, like even now, I mean, like we have a pretty good dedicated audience of uh, wrestling people that read my stuff, which I never expected. But I think that's really cool. No, it is really cool to see, you know. Um, so whatever you started as, as an entertainment writer, I'm what were <laughs> I, I love asking this question because I feel like anybody that's in wrestling media like never starts there and I'm always curious to hear the origin story in a way what were what were your like first things that you were covering whenever you started uh covering entertainment hmm, let's see um I'm trying to remember uh The Walking Dead for sure I'm obsessed with The Walking Dead I love I love that show so I remember covering like the last few seasons of that um, a lot of TV, Marvel, uh, just anything I could get my hands on, you know? I just, I'm really big on just writing about what I'm passionate about and what I love. But I also like exploring new things, like gaming. I got super into uh, gaming more, writing with nerds, uh, just from covering that. Um, so I think that's really cool. No, it definitely is. And, you know, like, it's just interesting to me because, like, to hear you talk about, like, Marvel and Walking Dead stuff, like, it just brings it back. Like, one of my first gigs was at, like, Superhero Hype. I don't know if you're familiar with that website or not. Okay. Yeah. Like, writing, like, episode recaps of, like, The Walking Dead and, like, all the CW shows. Oh, <laughs> I, I still do episode recaps. I, I was doing, like, three shows at once at one point. Uh, this last year, I was doing, like, Superman and Lois. Um I started doing the new Criminal Minds season. Oh, it takes so much out of you, but it's so fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will say I do miss the the days where like my only thing I had to do was watch like three episodes of Runaways on Hulu and <laughs> <laughs> write up like four paragraphs or something here, like here and there. So, but no, like I, it was, I it was a lot of fun, and I feel like those, I feel like those like experiences definitely like feed into the growth as well because like it like a lot of other things it's all about reps it's all about like you know bettering yourself through experience and through work and that sort of thing and I think that's why it's so interesting to see where people come from whenever they do enter wrestling media because you know not to say that it might influence their their work so to speak but like you know in in yours and mine case like coming from areas like you know tv and comics and and games coverage and that sort of thing like you already have this innate like um like meter for fandom in a way that caters so heavily into pro wrestling um i don't know what was it what was it like for you whenever you did make that transition it was tough at first. I, I really felt like a fish out of water. I was reaching out to a bunch of different sites and, you know, I had only done entertainment coverage, so I didn't have like any wrestling media on my resume. So I knew it was going to be tough to, you know, shop myself to um, sites that pay. <laughs> and pay uh, well. The unicorns that they are. 
freelance writing. Um, but so I knew it was going to be tough. Fortunately, uh, I had some friends uh, that had gotten me a gig with Body Slam. Um, and I really, like you said, like you get your reps in. And while I was doing wrestling coverage with nerds, like I was also doing nerdy stuff too. But with Body Slam, I could specifically focus on wrestling. And so that's what I was doing. Um, and I started building that up and building that up and building that up. And then, like I said, I got Fightful. And now, I mean, the rest is history, you know? Um, it is still really hard, though, sometimes. And I feel like, you know, everybody goes through periods of, like, not feeling like they're good enough to be doing this. And I definitely have those periods as a writer. Um, but it's been fun. And I love, uh, you know, when people send me messages and they ask for advice because they want to get into this and they've read my writing. And, you know, that's really it's really inspiring. And it really motivates me to keep going and to do better and improve uh, my writing. No, I could definitely understand that both on the imposter syndrome coin as well as the having people kind of look to you as like someone that they can like, you know, derive like an inspiration from in a way to be like, oh, I see this person now doing this. It's something that I can do too. Because like, uh, let's face it, for the longest time, wrestling media was, it still is in a lot of ways, dominated by white cis men. Um, and for the longest time, our community only had Wade Keller as someone that we could point to as someone who, um, was part of our community within the wrestling media landscape, but, um, you know, that is starting to change a, a bit now. Um, I'm curious, like who, were there any people in wrestling media that you kind of looked to in the same way that, that you described people kind of reaching out to you and seeing you in a way? that made you feel like this space could be something that you could be a part of? Oh, 100%. Um, Alex from Queen of the Ring, uh, Ella J, Lizzie Flanagan, uh, you, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, Denise, so many people. Um, you know, especially as, you know, I'm a bisexual woman. Uh, so it's it's super cool to see people of, like, even my age group, um, just going out and doing the damn thing and killing it. Um, and it really inspired me. So I just, no, I, just no, I can definitely understand that. Like it, it's like I said, like being able to have that, that level of representation within an, an area definitely makes people feel empowered to, to put themselves out there and, and to feel like they can be part of this conversation and part of this community. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm going to, put my old head hat on for a second here because like you know a lot of the people that i've spoken to are like much younger than i am and i am so happy to see that like similarly to what we are seeing with like you know a lot of the conversation around like gen z and, and political action and and cultural um stances moving in, in right directions that sort of thing and just a wider acceptance of various different things including all aspects of, of queerness and, and gender um it's it's really refreshing to see that like the new like lineup of people that is coming into wrestling media such as yourself like lizzie like molly are are 
not only like coming in and, and doing great work, but you're coming in and making this space so much more diversified than it has been in the past, you know? Um, and, and what's great is that it's also kind of spread out across like all these different outlets too. Like you have Lizzie at Sportster, you know, remember, you know, whole crossing fingers that Molly comes back, but like Molly done great work with Fightful and, um, and you know, you with, with Fightful as well. And not to mention so many other people that are out there now, it just feels like the infiltration has started so to speak. And we love to see it, you know? <laughs> the gays are, in, are infiltrating and we love to see it. That's what we do. We invade your spaces <laughs> and make them more fashionable. Um, so true. But everywhere is so much better for it, you know? The yeah. more diversity that you have anywhere, you know, the better off you're going to be. And that's just, that's the reality of it. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So talk to me about how you landed with Fightful. Like, how did that opportunity come about? Okay, so I had a podcast on Body Slam with Kylie and uh, Jay Shell Nicole, and we, well, Jay Shell had gotten the opportunity to work with uh, Fightful, Overbooked. They were looking to kind of expand on their content and stuff, and she was like, "Do you guys like want to have a show? Uh, like we can pitch it to Jeremy Lambert," and we were like, "Yeah, of course." So we pitched. Demo Divas, which was a show about women's wrestling, um, because we're all in the key demo for uh, wrestling. Uh, so we kind of just talked about women's wrestling, news in women's wrestling. Uh, we did a standalone episode on the AEW women's division, which I'm still really proud of to this day. I think it was a really good episode. Um, 
and then eventually some things happened and we stepped away from that um and then we took a little bit of time off because Kylie and I weren't sure if this is something that we wanted to continue to do or if like I was just going to go back into writing and whatever um but then Jeremy and Joel Pearl had approached us and asked if we still wanted to do a show and we were like yes of course so we sat on it and we came up with the concept of tag talk um and yeah we've just been really blessed to be able to have that opportunity and to have that trust instilled uh in all of us really because at the time that we got the fightful gig all of us had only been in this for like one to two months and I feel like and we're super young too so putting that much trust in people to go out and represent your brand and be professional um that's that takes a lot so uh definitely thankful for jeremy and joel for you know believing in us you know being that young into this like career so to speak and and that sort of thing did you feel like you were ready whenever jeremy came with to you with the pitch for tag talk yeah I, I think at the time when stuff had happened with Demo Divas and everything, I, I wasn't sure that I, I wanted to even do this anymore. So I took, I, it was a lot of soul searching, you know? Um, <laughs> but then when he approached us and Kylie and I talked about it and we had a really deep conversation um, about it, we realized that, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to do it together. We're in it together. Um, and we were ready for 100%. How important has that relationship with Kylie been? Because it feels like you two, there's, there's, you can tell the closeness whenever y'all do tag talk together, and just the way that that y'all interact, and and just I don't know, like it, you can you can sense it through the screen in a way. But like, how important has that relationship been to you through this? Well, I appreciate you saying that. A lot of people say that. And a lot of people thought that we've been friends for years, just based on how we interact. <laughs> but we've only been friends for a year. <laughs> but it's been super important. You know, Kylie and I, she's only like two years older than me. So, you know, we're kind of going through the same things at the same time. And we can really relate on that level. So first starting out in this, like, that was super important. Um, because, you know, neither of us had done anything like this before so we always kind of leaned on each other for support and we still do to this day um but without Kylie I, I don't think that I could be doing this at all <laughs> and it's, it's very apt that that y'all do have this like closeness and work so well together considering that your show is about tag teams as well like it's just it's it's just an interesting dynamic there um and I don't know like it it makes the conversations that, that y'all have about tag team wrestling that much more intriguing, as well as just some of the shit that y'all come up with at times. <laughs> like I was like going back to like watching wrestle kingdom last night. Like I could not escape like the multiple, like Tegusi, uh, uh, uh tweets. <laughs> I'm very curious about that term in particular, because we all know bussy. <laughs> But where did Tegusi come from, please? <laughs> so I feel like on Stan Twitter, like, putting ussy on the end of it, like, any word, it's just, like, automatically funnier. 
And so FTR uh, had come out and they were doing their entrance and we were talking about how, you know, they were going to lose and like Kylie was upset because she's a big FTR fan. And I said, they're going to put their their whole Tuga seats <laughs> into this match. <laughs> and everybody's like, their whole what? <laughs> but I love that like everybody popped for that and they loved it because it was the most random thing I've ever said. <laughs> it's in the vernacular now, though. Oh, it's so good. Maybe I should make a t-shirt that just says Tugussy on it. You never know. Weirder things have sold. <laughs> you know what? That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, like people would buy it. Oh, 100%. Where does that love of tag team wrestling come from you? Ooh, well, like I said earlier, um, I was a big uh, Hardy Boys fan and Edge and Christian um so that's kind of where it like spawned from when I was younger but then again when I got back into wrestling because of Total Divas um I'm a big Bella Twins fan and I know everybody like talks so much crap on the Bella Twins I don't care um I will defend them until my last breath but they really like revolutionized wrestling for me um and just, like, seeing tag team wrestling differently in the same way that the Young Bucks have done uh, for a lot of people, and me included. Um, because I think for a long time, people associated tag team wrestling with, like, that traditional, like, you know, like, uh, the hearts or, like, you know, FTR. Um, and just, like, old school teams like that, Rock and Roll Express. Um, but then we had, like, this whole wave of teams um, in AAA and Lucha Libre um, and just on the indies and stuff that were doing things that were just so different. And, you know, I, the Hardys had a lot to do with that too, Edge and Christian. Um, but that's really where it started for me. No, I mean, it, you don't get a lot of like specific tag team coverage within the wrestling media landscape. And part of that is because just how like, generalized wrestling media coverage can be and how like it's really at the mercy of like the day-to-day grind of like watching the shows and talking about the shows in a way so to speak that you don't really get a lot of chances to kind of drill down on a particular thing from time to time and that's one of the reasons why i've really liked what you've been doing uh, with your Substack wrestling muse because you know i know in the intro there you talk a lot about how like feature writing is like really the a thing that you want to do more of and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, having a chance to really drill down into some of these um, performers or storylines and stuff like that, it can be really refreshing, so to speak, not just for like the people reading it, you know, getting something a little bit more out of it other than just like a results package, sort of, so to speak, but also for the writer too, because you get a chance to really chew on something in a way. What, drew you to wanting to do feature writing is it so different from like the day-to-day of so many people in this world it is so I was doing and I still do news writing but I feel like it's just so like basic and like I can't put any of myself into my writing and that's what I get so much enjoyment out of I love creative writing so I remember when hangman had uh worn those butterfly jeans that like took over the internet and I was like, beautiful 
amazing. And I was like, you know, I want to write about this. And so I pitched it to Body Slam. And I was like, this is going to sound so crazy. But I just, I really want to write about these jeans, like, and just talk about, like, Hangman's evolution and wrestling and AEW. And they were like, of course, go for it. Like, they put a lot of trust in me with that, with very little, like, it was literally the night of the show. And I was like, listen, I, I need to do this. Like, I'm writing it right now. Like, can I, like, yeah. They're like, of course, of course. So I wrote it. And I got a lot of positive feedback from it. And I remember one thing that stuck out to me. A couple people were talking about how they're hard of hearing. And so they don't really get to enjoy um, like storylines and like meaningful stories in wrestling like, you know, other people get to do. And so they said that my writing was like it helps them see it the way we see it and mm. I literally sat there and I cried when I read that because I've never had anybody say anything like that to me before and I was like man like I want to do more of this like this is what I like to do and seeing the reaction and like how I can inspire people or you know just give people um just like a different medium to kind of appreciate I was like I want to do this like I, I want to do more creative writing and so then I had launched my sub stack and I was like I'm just gonna talk about whatever I want to talk about at the moment whatever kind of gives me that like visceral reaction where I'm like oh I need to talk about this right now <laughs> and so that's what I do um you know I, I don't force myself ever to write like if I don't want to write something I won't um but if I see something like uh I'm currently planning on writing something about Mercedes um but if I see something that I want to write about I'm like yeah I'm gonna do it I don't ever force myself no it's it's always nice to have that outlet especially when you know it's very rare that the spaces we normally work in you know whether it be just the the schedule or the the drive for like seo and 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 that sort of stuff like it just doesn't accommodate that style of writing as much right now but it's always nice to have that outlet so to speak and and i don't know it's it's needed in a, in a lot of areas and it's interesting that you bring up that like you know you had people that that were hard of hearing um that reached out and said like yeah like this this stuff helps me to engage with something that I uh, that I love in in a way that I don't normally get to because of the way that you know both pro wrestling and a lot of like wrestling media which is kind of a lot shifted to video and podcast um forward facing content um doesn't really give me the chance to do and it's interesting to kind of think about that and this just like started running through my head as soon as you started mentioning that about like how we've seen pro wrestling start to really try to expand into catering and kind of programming itself to other audiences than like the traditional wrestling uh, audience, so to speak. Like, you know, obviously I, I cover a lot about like the rise in LGBTQ pro wrestling stuff that's happened over the last five years over at Outsports, but like it's 
it's expanded so much in different areas and it only makes sense that you would start to reach out and, and break down a lot of the, the ableist um, constructs that pro wrestling presentations have so that even more people can enjoy this thing that we all love, even though it doesn't always love us back at times. <laughs> so true. It doesn't always love us back, but it's okay because you know what? We love it and that's what matters. Yeah. No, like it's just it's just an interesting thought to have. It's like I I can honestly say I hadn't even really thought about that as like a as a as an avenue for um for that audience to be engaging with that stuff. That's really, I mean, that just broadens the impact in a lot of ways. Like that's really cool. Um, how do you, how do you feel the response has been to some of the the pieces that you put up on on Wrestling News? Uh, I think it's been great. Uh... I've noticed that for some whatever reason, like my hangman pieces do super well. I wrote another piece. Um, I think it was my first piece for the wrestling news. Um, and it was just about like mental health and hangman and kind of how he, uh, you know, champions his mental health part as part of his character and as a human, um, because I struggle with my own mental health issues, whatever. <laughs> uh, you're in good company oh um, (laughs) i think that bringing like those real life um issues that people deal with and kind of adding that wrestling element i think people really enjoy with my writing um so that's kind of what i've tapped into um exploring the most Mm. going forward like what do you feel like you have the most desire to do in in this space right now obviously like everybody in this space is multifaceted you do multiple different things but like if you could just like pinpoint one thing that you would love to do more of or be sort of defined by in like that work sense so to speak like what would you point to 100 percent, my writing i would love to have like more opportunities to write at different places and kind of just bring uh, my creative juices to wherever people want me. Um, I've been kind of looking uh, at a couple places, but nothing yet. But we'll see. You know, I really, I love writing. That's my first love. And as great as podcasting is, like, I've never been a good, like, public speaker. Um, so when we do, like, <laughs> tag talk and stuff, like, I rely on Kylie a lot because I'm so, like, reserved. Um, and just like I don't know I'm not like a super good talker um but that's why I like tag talk because it's kind of like an interview in a way like kind of what we're doing but like talking to her is different than like talking to like a live audience you know what I mean yeah I can understand that I could never do that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not No, it it is a good it's it's a good outlet to have there to be able to to work on on those skills. But it, it is also, I can imagine, very valuable to have someone that you are close with that that you do have a um a relationship with that you feel comfortable doing that with. Because like, yeah, like I do this I do this show like by myself, but like you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have the structure of like having guests on weekly is because like just sitting by yourself and talking into a mic 
can be fucking daunting. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, like, I think that, you know, anything that, that lets you kind of develop those skills while also keeping you in a level of comfort is always valuable, especially whenever there's so many aspects of this job that can really push you into places where you're not comfortable. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, have you ever felt like, can can you think of a time where like that that discomfort really got to be too much for you in a moment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we had it was Kylie and I, um, and this was when we were still doing demo divas with Jayshell, but she was sick or something, so she wasn't able to film an episode. Um, but it was a live episode, and we had never done that before. And Jeremy was like, you know, I have faith in you guys. Like, you guys are going to do great. Like, it's it's going to go so well. And I was like, this is so terrifying. Because I'm so used to, like, pre-recorded content that, like, I can edit if I need to. But, like, live content, so daunting. And we went out and we did it. And it actually went very well. <laughs> but I was so stressed the entire time. I'm like, oh, I'm so afraid. Like, I'm going to say something that I don't mean. And, like, I was so in my head. And, like, now I've just kind of let that go. I'm like, you know... I'll say what I want to say, and that's that. As long as it doesn't get me in trouble, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's another hurdle cleared. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I love. I love it. Well, I guess start to wind down here a little bit, Haley. Um, I'm curious. Like, what do you see as like your ultimate goal that that you have right now? Because like, goals obviously change and develop as you continue on down a down a path but what do you feel like is like your ultimate goal right now for where you are at oh man my ultimate goal i think to just keep growing and keep doing what i love like i i don't i don't think that i have everything kind of mapped out yet um you know I'm still doing writing, news writing and stuff. Um, And like I said, entertainment, uh, journalism and writing is my day job. So I think just continuing to grow um, my brand, so to speak. I hate when people say that, but you know, whatever. Market yourself. You know, you got to market yourself. Um, But I think just that and continuing to be a safe space for people, queer people and disabled people um, and just all facets and communities like I just I want to be a person um, that you know champions stuff like that and I'm never afraid to talk about you know things that I deal with and go through and I just I want to be a like positive influence um, especially as a podcaster and stuff you know I feel like Depend. I mean, you know, we have an audience of people, and um, it is kind of like a job, in a way, to, how do I say this, to, like, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, to, to, like, (laughs) to, like, um, to be just a positive influence on whatever you know i don't know what yeah. i'm trying to say wrestle kingdom is really getting to me 
it's been a it's been a long 24 hours i understand like the I, the vibe that i get from what you're saying is like it's, it's about like being a positive influence about fostering a community that yeah. continues that that influence and like you said that, that so much more eloquently than i did i'm so sorry i just took like three minutes to say we're that. on the same amount of sleep like <laughs> this is it's fine like <laughs> like no judgments here i've been there I cannot tell you how many times I have had to edit out like 30 second pauses in this show because I can't think of the word I'm trying to use. So we are in good company. All right. <laughs> uh, last question for you, Haley. And, and I haven't done this one in a little bit. I, I like doing it, but like last few months, I, I kind of let it fall by the wayside. But new year, we're going back to it. Um, was there anything that I didn't ask you about that you had hoped I would ask you about? think so i don't think i've like hidden anything that you wouldn't know about well actually why romanticized wrestling um <laughs> is a thing that i started with kylie and at first it was like a passion project and like a stupid thing because we always talk about romanticizing wrestling but we were like what if we like made that a thing um so we did and it's just kind of like long form episodes about whatever we want to talk about um granted we haven't filmed in a little bit um because you know she's going to school for her master's and she's smart you know we're busy we're busy gals yeah um but our first episode was on the hung bucks when all of that <laughs> was happening on AEW and I remember like after we filmed that or like we would talk about it on tag talk all the time and people would like message us and be like did tony khan steal your idea <laughs> like absolutely not i wish tony khan would steal my ideas but no like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just kind of a place for us to talk about wrestling and why we love wrestling um and it's just kind of different than like tag talk you know yeah it's got a bit more laid back so yeah. to speak yeah i can understand that no all I, I'm excited to hopefully see some more romanticized wrestling coming in in the near future. But otherwise, like Tag Talk is a really fun show, and and I'm glad that you are continuing to gain a, a foothold here. Like so many other people who are doing great work and just starting out here. So Haley, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can check out your work. I've never been great at this plug thing, but I'm going to market myself right now. I get it. Um, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at Haley Ann underscore H-A-L-E-Y-A-N-N-E underscore. Um, like I said, I'm a writer and editor for Nerds and Beyond. Uh, I do wrestling content over there, all types of nerdy content. So if that's your vibe, definitely check out Nerds and Beyond. Um, you can subscribe to my Substack; It's free. Um it's linked on my Twitter, but it's uh, the Wrestling Muse. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Haley. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> my thanks once again to Haley for taking the time to sit down and, and chat with me about all the work that she does, especially considering that we were both coming off of that Wrestle Kingdom. 17 uh hangover the lack of sleep the the brain not firing on all cylinders but you know that's what that's what we do uh so yeah just all around great um so that's gonna do it for us 
this uh, not this week today because we have another episode coming up tomorrow like i said in the intro our Russell Kingdom 17 recap with Rachel Giuliani our annual check-in with one of my favorite people uh to talk to about Japanese pro wrestling um that will be coming out tomorrow so make sure to keep your eyes on on the podcast feed as well as the socials and all that stuff to get my thoughts and Rachel's thoughts about that show and Trust me, there are a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yikes. Um, not not a bad yikes, though. Just a very wide-eyed, very wide-eyed moments in, in that show. But um, come back tomorrow for that. Um, and then, of course, it's back to the regular schedule. We're just going to keep cranking stuff out here in January as we head towards um, the rest of the spring. A lot of major stuff coming up. Or actually, you know, you see the numbers every week. We're creeping up on episode 200 of the show, and I have no idea what to do for that. So if you have suggestions for what to do for episode 200, obviously, I don't know if anything will top episode 100, where my lovely spouse proposed to me at the end of an interview of myself. Uh, that That's going to just live on in, in my heart and mind forever, obviously. But any ideas for episode 200, throw them at me, at LGBTRingPod, at WonderboyOTM. Throw them at me on Twitter, um, and I trust me. There are no, there are no truly bad ideas. Let's put it that way. Unless you were trying to put a bad idea out there, but anyway, I will entertain all ideas and see what we can think of to celebrate 200 episodes of LGBT in the Ring um, as we keep barreling forward into the year. Um, but for today. We will say goodbye. Remember, tomorrow, Russell Kingdom 17 recap with Rachel Giuliani. Until then, though, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted, if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And Inoki Bomaye. Bye.